Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. and welcome to Invested. I'm Danielle Town. We've had some technical and travel difficulties this week, so I'm going to get into the rundown about Netflix, which is what I call inside my head the basics about any company that I start looking at. And I'm assuming that probably 90% of everybody listening to this podcast has not done all that much research on Netflix beyond simply using their services probably. So I thought it would be great to just go down kind of the list of um, of basics for any company that I start to look at. And then next week, uh, we will, and I promise it will be next week, we have schedules. Um, we will get into the listener comments and questions about Netflix, which again, were excellent. I'm super excited to talk about them. So in addition to that, coincidentally, I was uh, looking on Netflix's investor relations page and they're having their annual meeting this week, June 2nd, Thursday, June 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And they're webcasting it. So anybody can watch, anybody can listen. You can watch later, it'll be recorded. I will certainly not be watching it or listening live because that's midnight Central European time. So I will listen or watch the next day. So choose what works for you if you're interested. I think that would be a very cool sort of cap on, well, I suppose cap on starting Netflix. And then we'll all have the same brand new information and we can talk about it next week. To find that webcast, you can just Google Netflix uh, investor annual meeting, or you can go to the Netflix investor relation page and they have a link to it on the annual report page on the Netflix investor relations page. And it will probably also be on their main homepage. Um, So there should be lots of ways to find it. So enjoy that let me go down the rundown and i thought i I know i get a lot of questions from people who are starting out and investing like me on how i start and so this is usually how i start i just go super basic i look up when did the company get going where is it from who's running it how did they get started when did they go public what's their market cap just really like overview, getting my arms around what is that company. And I particularly find that this is helpful with companies that I think I know. I mean, it's kind of obvious with a company I've never heard of before. Of course, I'm going to find out that stuff. But when it's a company I think I know, like I imagine we all have a feeling we know Netflix pretty well, I I tend to find surprising stuff. So it's always kind of fun. So let's get into it. Netflix. Their symbol is NFLX and they're on the NASDAQ. Their home country is in the USA. They're based in California, always have been, still are. That's where they were founded 
1997. Their market cap right now is $87 billion. I just looked that up to make sure it's still true. And yes, it is still true. Uh, I'm recording this on May 31st, 2022. And the market cap is simply the price of a share of stock multiplied by the number of shares of stock out there. So what could you buy the entire company for if you went and somehow magically bought every single share of stock out there? What would that cost you? And that's the market capitalization. So 87 billion, um, they are reported in the US dollar and the currency of their stock is the US dollar. I always write that one down because even though for most people who maybe are focused on US stock exchanges and US companies, you never know. So some companies are listed in other places and you might, not that I've ever done this, you might be going through the financial statements thinking, ah, so many dollars. And then it turns out it's been in euros the whole time. So it was created in 97 by Americans, Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph. Mark Randolph isn't as well known, but Reed, ha Reed Hastings is very well known in the startup world, the business world. He's somebody who has not shied away from being known and doing interviews and writing books and, um, and putting his ideas out there about how he's created such a successful company in a um, quite unusual way with an unusual culture. And he is still involved in the company. He's the co-CEO now, no longer the sole CEO, which is a very interesting thing that we won't have time to get into today, but we will talk about when we start talking more about Netflix in detail. And, um, and just the fact that he's even still the CEO, although it's the co-CEO, is very unusual for a founder to be there more than 20 years later. So he's committed to this company is, is how I take that. So what they did early on is they, what was their original business? They sent out DVD movies by mail because what you used to do is go to the video store and pick it up. And they started sending it out by mail, first charging by the DVD and then fairly quickly moved to a subscription model. However, and this is something I found that uh, I thought was actually an urban legend, but I think it's true because I found a few sources for it, that uh, the Netflix basically did really badly originally. I mean, they did okay enough. They raised money and they were able to start their business and had employees and all that. But they got started in 97 and the dot-com boom, dot-com bust, I should say, was in 99-2000. And so... When that happened, they started to run out of money and their business declined. They didn't have as many subscribers. So they actually tried to sell the company to their biggest competitor, which is Blockbuster Video, which was a big chain of video rental stores in the US. So they went to Blockbuster and tried to sell for $50 million. And Blockbuster told them to shove it. They said, it's way too expensive and we think your business is crap, essentially. In more detail, they said, we don't think that the uh, DVD by mail business is going to go anywhere. People want to go to the stores. And this internet thing is a whole bunch of craziness that nobody's going to get into. It was one of the stupid business decisions, maybe of all time. I find that fascinating. So Blockbuster said no. 
Netflix could have disappeared right then, but Blockbuster said no. And they then decided, okay, as most startups did at the time, we got to go public to raise money. Couldn't go public because of the crash that was happening, but they somehow managed to by May of 2002. So they went public at the end of May in 2002 at $15 per share. They were not profitable at the time. We don't see a lot of companies doing that nowadays, so that gives some perspective on how it was a different time regarding IPOs back then. So they went public in May, let me just say that again, May of 2002. So we are right now on May 31st, 2022, pretty much at the 20 year anniversary, probably not exactly to the day, but let's call it the 20 year anniversary of Netflix being public. That blew me away. I somehow think of Netflix, I think because I grew up with them, as this like upstarty newish company, which is, I mean, they've been public for 20 years. They've been around for 25 years. They are not a startup-y new company in any way. So it's interesting to me that they've managed to make that impression on me and uh, and are, are quite opposite. So they hadn't even introduced streaming when they went public. That's what's also really interesting. Their main business did not even exist. And the internet at the time was not really strong enough to support such huge files being streamed online. So they were still competing with the video stores and then Blockbuster started getting into maybe DVDs by mail and Maybe, I don't think they were actually talking about streaming, but Netflix moved towards streaming. And in 2007, they started streaming. The thing they did differently is that they also really worked on an algorithm that would uh, suggest movies to its members that maybe those people had never even heard of before, but that the algorithm thought that they would enjoy. And it was so successful, and those of us who used it at the time remember, it was so amazing that you would just get movies in the mail that you liked. Because going to the video store was such a pain and often a big relationship test for whoever you were going to watch the movie with, as we know now because we still have debates over what to watch on Netflix. But to get a movie in the mail that nobody had ever heard of and then like it, that was like magic and Netflix had the algorithm. So that was a huge value add that they had over any local video store or over Blockbuster. And it's something that says to me they started very early focusing on adding value to their users' experience of entertainment. It wasn't just about, you want a movie, we give you the movie. It was about what can we do in addition to that to help you have a really entertaining experience. And I think that has been a thread through Netflix's existence the entire time. And I suspect is gonna be key to them going forward. In 2012, 2013-ish, they started one, going international out of the US, and two, they started to produce their own series. And in addition, before that, starting to offer streaming, they had to make licensing deals with a lot of the movie studios and um, and television. And in order to do that, it takes a lot of money. 
So that is when Netflix started spending a lot of money on acquiring content and on creating content. And that's another key to looking at what Netflix is going to be doing going forward. So that pretty much takes us to the Netflix we know now. There's a lot of innovations they've done about user experience and streaming in the meantime, but those are the big changes in how Netflix got here. Now, let me add a couple more numbers and then I'll close up because when we talk about it next week, these are going to be important. One, they have negative free cash flow. The free cash flow for Netflix has almost always been negative except for last year when they had some positive free cash flow due to the incredible growth in subscribers from um, lockdown and quarantine. But it's gone back to negative again. So that is something to talk about because that's something I know we always look at with companies. The other big red flag number is their long-term debt, which has hovered around 14, 15, 16 billion, billion for the last few years. So again, negative free cash flow in the teens for debt load. That is something that uh, that we've talked about many times on this podcast and will be interesting to talk about some more. Final quick mission. I always like to look up the mission of the company. There's a lot more to say around culture and who's running this company and we'll talk about that stuff when we really get into it. But you could do a quick search for the mission of a company and sometimes it's really hard to find and sometimes it's really easy to find. And with Netflix, it's easy to find. Netflix's mission is we want to entertain the world. Full stop. It's a huge mission. It's worthy, question mark. Do I want to support that with my money? Think about it. We can talk more about it next time. Super interesting company. And again, the annual meeting happens to be June 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and you can watch the webcast online then or later. A lot of uh, bad news in the world the last week, and I just want to say my love is going out to everybody. And we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.